Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julie Love. I'm your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today we are recording episode 114. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to introduce myself and my book. My name is Juri, J-U-R-I, love, L-O-V-E, and my book is called A Gift from Adversity, which is the same title as this podcast, and it's available on Amazon. A Gift from Adversity is my life story, and the subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. After I published this book in 2020, I got a lot of messages from all over the world sharing people's adversities, and I felt compelled to start a platform where people can share their adversities. But not only that, tools that they used to overcome and a gift that came from it. And I'm extremely grateful for all of our guests that share their stories and encourage other people. So today we're having a guest from UK. So let's invite our guest. Hello, Maria. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hello. Thank you so much, Yuri. I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity to be here. Thank you so, so much. Absolutely. So let's start um, from introducing yourself. So if you can tell your name, where you're coming in from and what you do and if you have any social media or anything that people can learn more about you. Okay. Yeah, my name is Maria de Silva. I'm a mindset coach and a practitioner. I'm from Ecuador and I live currently in UK. I'm focused on helping women overcome inner barriers, limitations in their lives that are holding them back from succeeding, from achieving personal success, well-being, and fulfillment. The reality at at the moment is 28% of women in a personal, professional life they're facing limitations in their various that are holding it back. They're facing that reality, that pain silence, and they don't know how to have a way out for that reality. And my mission and passion is to help them to provide us also tools and strategies, uh, and guidance as well, in order to break free for the limitations, turn the limitations in their various uh, into success and strength. That is my mission. That is my passion. I'm very, very excited about it. And then what part of UK are you coming in from? Uh, Leicester. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And then um, what is your social media or website that people can learn more from? About? Yeah, um, I got my Facebook, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn to be able to reach out. And in my Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram and LinkedIn, they have in my, in, in my bio, there is a link that we're able to book a free consultation if you're able to reach out. It's Maria Rosa de Silva on Facebook and Maria de Silva on LinkedIn. And if you have any questions to get more support about it, any information or a chat, you're able to book a free consultation. Contact me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Wonderful. So let's talk about your adversity. So my first question for our guests, what was your adversity? Oh, the, my adversity. Um, what I said before, I come from Ecuador. I moved to England six years ago. 
And the adversities that I faced in my life were basically a lot of limitations in their barriers. They're embracing it as a reality, as a something that is something that is real. The limitations in their various kind of phase no, was just one, two, or three years. There were 20 years of my life facing depression, anxiety, panic attacks, social anxiety. I have an introverted personality and also have dyslexia. And all the social limitations in their barriers are embracing every, every year, every time for 20 years thinking that that was my only way to live my life. I didn't love myself. I didn't trust myself. I didn't believe I'd be able to achieve personal success or fulfillment in my life because that was my reality. And it was taking control, something important was taking control of my thoughts, my emotions and actions. My thoughts, emotions and actions. I didn't have a way out in my reality. And that was creating a negative impact in my relationship, in the way that I communicate with people. I doubt myself a lot. And that was for unwanted behaviors for childhood and experiences that I have in that time. And I embrace it every single time. That basically is my, that was my reality, my adversity for many, many years. It was a painful experience. And it's just that. I'm also taking control of my thoughts, emotions, and actions. We're taking control of something very, very crucial, something very, very pertinent that is my health as well. What happened was that when I went for a doctor's appointment, my doctor told me that I have the health condition of a woman of 75. And I was in my 30s. Also, he said that my blood pressure was 190, high blood pressure, high level of stress. And also, I have the risk to have a heart attack or brain damage. That was the most painful thing that I felt at that time. And also to hear from someone to let me know that I was embracing my limitations in the barriers for 20 years, taking control of my thoughts, emotions, and actions, and it was affecting my health tremendously in a dangerous and a difficult and painful way. That was my, that, that was the day that I realized that I didn't have control of my life and I let my limitations in the barriers taking control of everything. That, that was the, the adversity that I faced in that time. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Maria. Let's dive into what caused the panic attack and depression. You kind of mentioned a little bit about childhood. What had happened to you? Uh, basically, normally when you have those also panic attacks, social anxieties, is for situations that were very, very painful or difficult. And I embraced that in my childhood. Um, a lot of difficulties with, with parents, the relationship in that time. And I embrace, I attract all that. I embrace all that sort of situation they were living. And it was 
hard for me to realize that we're facing that social reality. And I'm starting feeling anxious and I started feeling nervous. And I thought probably with the pass of the time, I'll be able to overcome them and embrace it for many, many years. Um, those were really hard for me, was starting with panic attacks and social anxiety, um, depression. Um, I didn't get up, I didn't want to get up in my I didn't want to go to do the things that I'm really passionate about for many, many, many years. And I realized that all the social experiences and negative and toxic behavior from my childhood I bring into my my life. I brought from my, my life and then was affecting my personal life, my relationship with my family, everything. And that, that was painful. It's a terrible reality. And my panic attack and social anxiety as well was affecting in a personal and professional way as well. Mm -hmm. So do you remember when you are, say, um, very little, like in kindergarten, yeah. elementary school, like, did you get bullied? Did you yeah. get used for my, Yeah, for the color of my skin or if any difficulties that I face at home um, with my parents as well. It was really hard. Now the relationship is better, but I embrace that. I'm a sensitive person and embrace all that sort of feelings and negativity and hate and violence a little bit. It's just like, it was hard for me to embrace that. And situations like that, you're able to bring it in your personal relationship with your family and it's difficult to break free when you are not aware and how do you able to break free from that? So in Ecuador, um, I don't know the racism over there. Like, how is it um, in Ecuador in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion um, issues? No, basically, in any country, you are able to perceive a percentage of people that are not happy about any person with another race or color. And we face that reality sometimes. But when we don't know how to break, face that reality, when we don't know how to do that, it's hard for us and we embrace it like, is something wrong with us? Is something that we're doing and it's not true. And that's just a, some, something that I have been bringing and embrace it like, uh, is something wrong with me? Uh, I need to do something, I need to change, but I don't need to change. And that is something that I embrace as well, that was, basically taking control of everything that we're doing. My folks, emotions and actions, everything. So I want to ask you a question. So when you said a little bit about color of your skin, like did people like call you names, say for instance, like in America, like there's like a racial slur, but I don't know about Ecuador, like in Japan, like we have certain, like very long time ago, we have caste system. And then um, the bottom of bottom 
uh, it's called buraku. And then we still have that discrimination in Japan. But in America, obviously, like black folks and then, um, you know, myself, Asian, uh, any minority, like we get some certain racial slurs. Like how about it in Ecuador? Like is there any specific things that people say in Spanish and different things that hurtful things that people would categorize? Yeah, that's basically a percentage of what I mentioned it before are people that they don't understand that they need to respect a person with a different race and a different religion or any sort of, you know, um, they have the mentality that it's something normal to say something like that to someone. And we have to embrace that reality. It's in any country. And um my country, I'm really grateful because I had the opportunity to grow up there and uh, do the things that I'm passionate about. But in my limitations in barriers, my depression and anxiety was more in a, like negative behavior for a personal experience, family, and, uh, and a few things that happened that is normal to people that are not happy about the color of the skin or something like that. But I'm very grateful for my country. I'm very grateful for every country um, that is embracing and helping people with different color and different nationality to, to move forward and to, to live a better life. But always I, there is a percentage of people that they don't respect or they don't care or they don't like people with another the color of the skin or something like that. But I love my country. I love every person that is willing to accept and respect someone. Mm -hmm. Did you feel, uh, did you face any discrimination in uh, UK as well? Uh, personally, I didn't have any problems or any difficulties. I didn't face that. And it was, but basically was the mentality that he had that probably I was going to expect something here to receive that the same feeling or something like that or the same reaction, but no, no, no. I did I can't I didn't have a, an opportunity to, or chance to come across with someone that been rude with me or to me or something like that. No. Mm -hmm. How about the dyslexia diagnosis? When did you get the diagnosis? Uh it's it's hard to say this because I struggle with my dyslexia, but I wasn't aware that it was dyslexic. I thought that was something different. And I'm gonna let you know that when I start, I started working for an organization in the UK, I struggled a lot communicating or listening to, uh, instructions and writing them sometimes. And I thought probably I'd be able to, to learn and do it properly or I'd be able to get as soon as possible. But I struggle and struggle and struggle every single time. And I realized that I had dyslexia in my, when I was 35, 34, 35 years old, I realized that I had dyslexia. I'm in my 40s now. And there are people that are not aware that have dyslexia. They're thinking that it's something that they're able to overcome, that they need to practice, but no. And when you do the test and check and realize I'm dyslexic, is something hard and difficult. 
you struggle, but you don't know the reason. And you're telling yourself that it's your fault, that you're not good enough. And I was telling myself every single time, but I didn't realize that was that situation. So in Ecuador, is there any dyslexia screening growing up or not at all? Like it's not really talked about. The situation is basically when I was in Ecuador, um, I didn't, I wasn't aware about my dyslexia in that time. And I didn't have the opportunity to do the research and find out if you do, that's also opportunities to help the people that face dyslexia. Um, I'm thinking that there are organizations, charities that promote and help that um, the people that are facing that social situation, that social difficulties. But it, it's hard when you come across or you have people that face dyslexia or have dyslexia, but they are not aware about the designs or all the social things that they're facing and they're thinking that it's some, something that is my fault or I can't do anything about it. But I think that definitely they, there are organizations, charities that provide that social support. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to shed a light to dyslexia because uh, Eric Adams, New York City mayor, um, had um, dyslexia not knowing that he had it. And then he had mentioned similar things that he thought it was something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. So now when he became um, mayor of the New York City and then um, he basically said that um, he changed the law to screen every kindergarten and then also uh, adult uh, prisoners um, to screen for dyslexia. Because again, that's like the self-esteem thing that it's something that you had, if, if you had known, and then if the aids there in education system to help um, the dyslexia um, you know, learning way, um, IEP, that if you can like implement that er early age, that, you know, your self-esteem and depression and all that things could have been prevented. And Mm -hmm. then I feel that um, it's something that we don't really talk about because sometimes people think it's a shame or something is wrong, I can't read or I can't like, you know, comprehend and then those are uh, the stigma that we have still so um especially i'm 46 years old like in my age it's hard i met somebody who's a little bit older that he didn't know he's american but he didn't know that he had had a dyslexia and then he thought he was not bright uh growing up or he was told um or told by people that he wasn't bright but it wasn't you know, it it wasn't the way that could have been. So, you know, it's it's very hard. It's hard. It's hard, definitely. And yeah, there are a lot of cases, a lot of people that are facing that situation and they don't realize that they have dyslexia. And the thing is that we can't say that we don't deserve to have opportunities because we have it. We are able to identify ways and possibilities, training, all the social resources to enhance and, and be successful or get, gain that personal success or fulfillment and all that. That is not a reason to stop us to move forward and achieve our goals. That is important, very important. 
Yes, absolutely. And then how about the mental health issues in Ecuador growing up? Um, So when you mentioned about panic attack and depressions, like growing up, was there any aid or was there any talks or it was a lot of stigma around it? Um, When you're starting having depression and panic attacks and social anxiety, um, that wasn't a specific age. It was uh, 18, when I was 18 years old. And I realized for the treatment that I was taking that time, after that, I'm starting feeling in that way as well. And I thought probably for that treatment, uh, um, my my behavior, my mood, everything changed. I probably just kind of be fine in a few weeks, in a few months, but I was embracing that, not with all the social situations I mentioned it before, but was taking longer than I was expecting. I was thinking that there there wasn't any solutions for me to recommend. I was ashamed to talk to someone because the stigma, they're thinking, oh, I need to take that person to a mental institution. And it's something that we, I didn't want to, I, I was scared to talk to someone, to my colleagues, and we're going to think about me. And I was embracing every single day, feeling like I don't, I can't do anything. I was doing my job, but I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel excited. I just want to cry. I want to, I didn't feel great. And I was having that social emotions and that social difficulties every single time. And that's the same thing with dyslexia. When you are facing that, you don't know what social tools or strategies or what social organizations you were able to uh, reach to get that social support information. You're, you're, you just want to be in your world and thinking that is me and I deserve this and that's it. And that was embracing every year, every time when I came here as well, embracing every year, every time with my family. They didn't know what to do. They love me, they, they support me, but they can't do anything to change the feelings that I have, my depression, anxiety, panic attacks. And they were frustrated and that was painful for me because they were doing everything in their power to make me feel happy, but I couldn't because I was embracing that and I didn't have any way out. I believed I didn't have a way out. I just want to dissect a little bit about depression and panic attack, social anxiety. So I suffered my um, 20 years of life at least with uh, panic attacks and uh, maybe depression, but more so PTSD too. And it's such a stigma. So mm-hmm. it's been really, really difficult um, to have those, um, you know, stigma and then not being able to um, express. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's difficult when you don't have someone that had the same experience and able to ask for help or something like that. You feel ashamed. You feel like there's something wrong with you and, and you can't do anything about it. And you don't want to make people uh, worry as well or concerned because they're living their life, they want to live their life the best way, but we think uh, it's no more opportunity to talk about it. Probably they can understand me. But I always say when you're facing that social situations, you need to 
find out and looking for ways to overcome it and and never doubt about yourself. Never think that is that you are a bad person or something's wrong with you. You need to love, trust, know yourself and move forward and identify the best possible solutions for you. Yes. So before we move on to the tools that you just mentioned a little bit, um, I just want to um, share a little bit of my experience about panic attack and then yeah. um, the PTSD. So in America, especially after the pandemic, mental health issue is forefront and then it's much easier to talk, much easier for people to understand because the whole universe, like, you know, the global globally that like we experience this um, isolation and depressions and, you know, um, it's much easier for people to understand and connect. But pre-pandemic, um, I would say it had so much stigma. For instance, going to see a counselor in Japan, um, maybe it was considered that you have like you no know, mental issues and then like you can't get a job or, or think you're crazy and it's not that and then my first counseling experience i um kind of um really depict uh explained in my book was my first counselor told me that the way that she builds the insurance company uh is very different when you have the um extreme mental illness versus like a panic attack or depression. It's like different because it's a chemical brain shift. It's uh, considered as like a biological um, insured way. So um, the billing is different. So she was mentioning that, you know, when you have cancer, you don't feel shame to go see a doctor and then seek treatment. But then when it comes to panic attack or PTSD, people do have stigma to seek uh help, seek for help. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I just wanted to share my personal experience. And again, like my generation suffered so much of the stigma of not being able to express, even say I'm depressed or I'm having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I feel a lot of parents, especially after the pre-pandemic, we're giving a lot of tools. And in my kids' generation, even at the guidance level, school district level, they have a lot of professional trainings and resources available uh, for the younger generations to combat this. But then um, I feel as a parent too, like say, if you have, if you have kids who are having fever, uh, my daughter just had a high fever. And then, you know, there are some, you know, uh, obviously, urgent care hospital, like Tylenol, ibuprofen, like any fever medicine that you apply. But then when you're having a panic attack, um, I, somebody had experienced it, it feels like forever, and it's not going to go away. But fever, like strep throat, these kind of disease last much longer. Mm -hmm than the panic attack. But then the reality is when you are having a panic attack, it feels like you can't get out of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The feeling of having panic attacks is, is, is horrible. You feel like you're having a heart attack 
It's like pain, constantly pain on your chest. You can breathe, you can breathe properly, and you are getting nervous. You don't know what to do. And you're walking everywhere to get any source of help, but you don't know what to do. And that's just a horrible experience. And I had the source of panic attacks at work. And I couldn't tell my manager about it because I was ashamed that probably they're going to say, uh, it's not a perfect person to be working here if you struggle with that. And I couldn't tell them. I just, I couldn't carry on. And it's a pain. It's a pain. It's like you're having a heart attack. It's a pain in your chest. You can't breathe. And it's a horrible, horrible experience. And it's every time that you have a, like, it's a trigger. Could be something that you think, something that you face in a situation. Immediately, you feel in that way. You want to, you know, it's, it's like a, the, the horrible experience that any person can have. And I understand, obviously, you have that, that experience as well. It's, and it's, it's terrible, it's terrible. And there are a lot of the, the factors, a lot of things that happen, but we need to go deep and identify what is the social factors that cause it. And there are ways to face that reality as well. That is very, very crucial. And I know that you as well, you, you understand that and you know exactly how to do it. Yes, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible experience, but never think that you're able to break free from that. There are opportunities you're able to do that. You're able to break free from that social situation. Mm-hmm. I think. Yes, absolutely. And Maria, it's interesting that, like, I, again, like this is my 114th episode. I'm so grateful. And then my guests are from all over the world. And then we've have, we had many conversations around adversities and then um, obviously anxieties and panic attacks and, you know, depression as well. And it's very interesting that um, any countries that you live in, like, you know, my guests are from all over the world. And then it's very, like, surprising to discover that it's universal. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you were raised. A lot of countries... Um, especially in our generation, like, no, we just never had an opportunity to identify or um, had enough resources about the panic attack, about the depression, social anxiety, Uh, because I feel like a lot of countries, um, especially like Asian countries or um, maybe Middle Eastern countries in Africa, um, a lot of countries, um, I feel that they consider it as something that is untouchable and then something that's monsterish. And then it just like, I don't know how this stigma um, kind of circulated in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And the lack of, you know, not raising awareness about that situation. It's so hard. It's, it's hard and it's difficult because a lot of people are facing inside in that reality. They're thinking that they don't have any way out from that situation. And it's hard. It's very hard. But this is a social opportunities that we have. We need to be very grateful to share the success experiences, the story, your story, every person that participates in your podcast, in any source of social media. 
and opportunities um, in social group or any, any place to be able to share their social experiences. That helps a lot of people to realize that they are not alone, that there are opportunities to overcome that, to be able to get support, and that we need to, uh, to understand if you are facing that source of a panic attack, social anxiety, don't doubt of yourself. Find out possible solutions to sort out that problem. But it's important that organizations, charities, or um, businesses be um, raising awareness about it and create the social chances to, to be more uh, accessible. That's also the information to every person that is facing that difficulty. So social anxiety, panic attack, or depression. That is something that we want to contribute. Every person that is facing that problem Share your, your story, and that is going to help a lot. It's going to help a lot, definitely. Well, thank you so much. So let's dive into um, a second question, which is um, what are the tools that you use to overcome um, your adversities? You kind of mentioned a lot, but what are something that tangible that it really worked for you? Yeah. Since that experience that I had in the hospital, when I realized that I have that terrible condition, my health condition, um, that was my opportunity. That was my way out. And I realized that the most important thing that I need to embrace is to understand that my limitations in their various words telling me something. They were telling me to start being charged of my life, to start taking control of my life. And I realized that it had a toxic and negative belief system that was in my life for many years, and I couldn't stop that. And my opportunity was to change that toxic belief system and start creating a new one. And that was the opportunity for me to start taking action and start embracing the powerful statement for me. I'm in charge, I'm in control in my life. I'm gonna do everything in my power to break free from my limitations and create the life that I truly deserve. That was the opportunity to teach my unconscious mind that I was ready to create action. I was ready to start the process of transformation, to embrace a new person that is gonna do everything to live the life that truly deserve. After that, when I was determined, I said, I'm gonna embrace it and I'm gonna start taking action. I decided to identify possible solutions to overcome my depression, anxiety, panic attacks. I got support. I went for different social charities. I was reaching people that had the same experiences and talking to them. I didn't feel ashamed. I said, I'm gonna do everything in order to break free. And also I participated or went to different in a, a doctor's appointment and I came across with a doctor. That doctor told me what was the reason that they had panic attacks, social anxiety, my, my depression as well. This is a chemical reaction, obviously, that you mentioned it as well. And the doctor told me that there is a treatment for that. That treatment helped me a lot. Helped me to be here talking to you right now with excitement, with motivation. And I'm very grateful for that because I decided to take action and move forward. And that was my gift, my blessing 
to identify possible solutions to break free from my, my limitations, my depression. That changed the way my, my, my life, my health changed completely. Another thing that I did is to identify possible solutions to improve my, 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 my professional career. I struggled a lot with panic attacks in that time. And I decided to learn new things. When you are taking action to become the best version of yourself, it's your best medicine. It's your best medicine. You're starting to teach your unconscious mind that you want to create a better life, that you're embracing something different, something positive. And I decided to learn, embracing new things. I decided to be a mindset coach and I started to learn new and new career pathway that I'm passionate about. And now I have that passion to help women, so to help people to overcome from that limitations. I utilize the social tools to improve my life, to change my life. And I'm very grateful for that. And then I had a chance to uh, build my businesses. And I want to reach more people, reach a lot of women that are facing that reality and be able to get that social support or that social tools and strategies. I was moving forward. And the reason why I was moving forward is because you are creating and embracing a new, powerful, and supportive belief system. Every time that you're taking action, moving forward, you are doing that. You're embracing that powerful belief system, supportive belief system that is going to be in every step of the journey, helping you to believe, love, and trust yourself a lot. And what happened when you are in that state of mind, when you are moving forward, opportunities and blessings comes to you because you're raising your vibration. You're thinking that you're in a right state of mind, that you're feeling emotionated, passionate in the things that you love, the things that you really want to do. And opportunities come to you and opportunities come to me. And I had the chance to be <laughs> be a motivational speaker, invited in different sorts of podcasts and uh, summit events in around the world. And I'm very, very excited about it because I want to connect with people and share my story in a way to save lives, in a way that they're able to understand that they are not alone in the world and able to get support and help and train your brain, train your mindset, empower your mindset in order to get that source of opportunities and places in your lives that are waiting for you, but you couldn't achieve that, you couldn't get it because you were 100% focused on your limitations in your barriers and you weren't present in this current moment, this precious time with your family, with the people that you love, and you avoid those opportunities because you're focused 100% on your limitations. And that was my experience, the opportunity to move forward and creating a supported belief system with different tools, different social strategies, and connect with people. And yeah, I'm very grateful, very grateful for the opportunity to be here as well to share my story and personal transformation as well. Thank you, Maria. Is there any organization that you recommend for people um, who's really uh, suffering with depression or panic attack that you used? Um, is there any nonprofit social group that you mentioned um, that are available to general public? 
Okay, there are different sources or organizations or charities that you're able to um, reach out. And there are a, a Mind that is a really good organization that helps people with problems with anxiety, panic attacks, or depression. But it's a men or women as well if you have opportunity. And but in any country, there are organizations or charities that be able to provide that social support. Don't hesitate to uh, get in touch, get information, get support, and. Um, Charities as well are people that uh, have meetings with a specific topic or any sorts of um, topics. For example, uh, if you want to improve your mental health, you're able to attend and talk about your experiences, share it with someone. And you notice that that person had the same things, you know that. And you're able to feel more empowered knowing that you are not alone. You are able to get that source of opportunity, that source of resources. Don't hesitate, do your research find out the best possible solutions. For me, as they're helping my family, doctors, uh, organizations, charities, connect with people have been the, the best approach for me and helped me to transform my life as well. Well, thank you so much. I just want to echo with you about um, how subconscious mind also um, majority of your day consumes that um, when you have a focus on negativities and then especially somebody like myself who went through extreme adversity growing up, sometimes it's like a down spiral and then it's basically um, in your subconscious, I would say 80% of my subconscious is coming from abuse and trauma that I have to conquer it substitute with positivities and it's a lot of work and people don't realize that how much of it is out of your control that you have to identify that obviously it wasn't your fault and it's hard to kind of repaint your reality so I just want to share with you and our audience a really cool story. I got to work with a Marvel movie um, in Hollywood. And one of the um, actress that I worked with when I was waiting in the trailer, um, she and I had a really good conversation. And this was... Um, a very special conversation that she told me that my professional career is like this level, but my relationship, especially with men or other people, like the self-esteem and um, personal level is like this low. Means I have a gap. Yeah. Because of how I'm attracting the negative relationships and then how I believe that I don't deserve the success that I have in my profession versus my personal relationship. And where is this gap coming from? And that is my question that, and then the challenge that the reality is we as professional women and 
leaders and social changers that we want to make an impact and have this public image. But then internally, if you don't do a self work, it doesn't catch up because it's so much uh, compressed and then subconsciously that I don't even understand. And then people obviously see it, get out of that bad relationship. Like, no, what's going on? Like you are doing this great thing, but in reality, I'm not catching up. And that I just wanted to echo that with what you said about the tools, about how limitation, uh, especially in women taught to be a servant of for the men in mm-hmm. my country's belief, and then you are less than if you're single, if you're not married, if you don't have kids. And those are propagandas and then marketing, um, whatever the um, people in charge uh, subconsciously teaching us, the reality is not. So I just wanted to share that with you and then our audience as well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's an experience that a lot of women are facing. And the thing is that when we are embracing the source of limitations in the various, you know, personal, professional life, yes, we see this is a gap. It's a, it's a gap that we are not able, we think that we are not able to feel or, or accomplish our goals or moving forward. But the reality is that when we're feeling or thinking in that way, is not true. We're embracing a reality that is not real. And we have the power to break free from that. We have the power to understand that is something that we embrace. It's a decision that we took. And our unconscious mind is taken as a reality. And our work, our job, is to do the inner job of leader work to tell our unconscious mind that it's not real. And I love myself, I trust myself, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to live the life that I truly deserve. I don't care what people society thing because I deserve personal success. I deserve to be happy, to have fulfillment in my life. And when you are in this process of break free from that, you are going to be 100% present in this current moment, present for the people that you love, present and focus on your goals and outcomes that you want to achieve, present, 100% present. No distractions, no uncertainty of the past or the future or uncertainty of any situation that happened before. You're gonna learn to be present and enjoy, enjoy your precious and valuable time a lot. That is the mission. That is the passion. Women, men, children, seniors, every person. Remember, be present, 100% present for things that matter. And always doubt your limits. Doubt it. You deserve better. Everyone in the world deserves better, deserves success, 
that says fulfilling in their lives. I love it so much. I just want to share a really uh, cool story about my seven years old daughter. Um, so she's a generation where the guidance counselor had taught her a lot of techniques to combat these issues and then bring a lot of confidence and self-affirmation. It's very, very interesting how she learns um, the tools from you know, guidance or professionals. And there's this um, trampoline adventurous park that has a zip line oh, and then very, very high zip line. It goes um, super high complex that um, goes around and there was a challenge and there's a, a little bucket like to throw a ball. So she was given like a, a soft ball when she was doing the zip line. And then when you throw a ball from the distance, like from very, very high ceiling, and then, you know, if the ball, ball got, goes into the bucket, she gets prized. And I was so stunned that she was doing it. And it was such a big challenge. Oh <laughs> and then came back to me she said I'm smart I'm confident I can do anything I want so that's why she threw a ball to oh my god that's amazing (laughs) when she deserve it it's to deserve everything you know oh that's a it it was a small example yeah it's small example but I felt very empowered to see this little child uh, thinking this big high like zip lining moving so fast and then throwing the ball into the bucket challenge that she felt confident doing it that's amazing there's simple situations simple things that you're able to embrace and it's gonna give you that still love and passion and motivation and we need to embrace it that's also positive memories that is going to be here and going to be here for the rest of our lives. And we need to, to, to enjoy it every single minute. And I'm very grateful that you had the opportunity to, to realize that, to know that she deserves, every person deserves, every person deserves love and trust and know themselves in order to move forward and achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. So what you are doing is very important to me and important to a lot of people, and especially for uh, women who are taught to, you know, be the perfect wife or whatever, or that you are less than because of the relationship. Um, a lot of times, like, people struggle Um especially like when you're single like so I, I really appreciate your work thank you oh, thank you so so much every sure. time every opportunity that I had to be invited in different social platforms uh for me it's a blessing I'm gonna tell you very this is a blessing for me I'm very grateful to share my story, to connect with people, to reach with other people that are facing that social situation. I don't want that you think that you're alone. There are opportunities, there are support, there, you're able to get that and change your life and attract all your blessings. They are waiting for you. Just do the inner work, believe in yourself, and you're gonna be able to achieve all the social opportunities. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
So my last question is a gift that came from the adversity. So what would you say, Maria, a gift that came from your adversity? That gift, that gift is so, so important for me is to be present, that I mentioned it before, and to be present in things that matter, to be in control of my false emotions and actions. I know that my priority is me. I want to take care of myself first in order to connect with my people, my family in a better way, improve my relations in my personal, personal and professional career, to be present, to be focused in things that matter, and doubt my limits are the best gift from my adversity. And I'm very, very grateful for that chance. Success is, is not the most important thing for me. To be present and focused on things that matter, to be present in things that I really love is the most important thing for me. And I'm very grateful. And I want that every one of you that are watching embrace that as the best gift for every person in this world to be present, 100% present, things that matter. Well, thank you very much. I have a request for you. Would you be able to say some advice um, in Spanish for possibly a listener who are maybe, um, who can resonate with you in Spanish? Sí, sí, no hay ningún problema. Si estás pasando este tipo de dificultades, con la depresión, la ansiedad, no dudes en buscar ayuda. Conéctate, busca personas que te puedan ayudar, que estén relacionadas en ese tipo de experiencias, eh, instituciones que te pueden eh, ayudar en darte consejos o guías o técnicas que te pueden eh, mejorar tu vida, tu salud. No dudes, busca Busca soluciones y tú vas a mejorar tu vida. Vas a mejorar tu vida por 100%. Y nunca dudes de que tú eres una persona genial, la que tú tienes que valorarte y todas esas oportunidades van a venir contigo. No dudes. Busca instituciones, trata de llegar con más ayuda y con más atención y tú vas a mejorar tu vida tremendamente. Y esa es la mejor recomendación que puedo dar de cada, a cada persona que esté viendo esto. Muchas gracias. Fantástico. Muy bien. Hablo un poco de... Carry on, carry on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And, yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity and very grateful to be here. Wow. <laughs> I speak Spanish. That's good. Yes, speak Spanish. That's good. I'm happy about it as well. <laughs> sí, muchas gracias. So thank you so much again for uh, coming into a gift from adversity today and then really shedding a light to these issues that really, really um, need to be talked about and then destigmatize and normalize the conversation that so we can combat these issues and then people don't have to suffer for a long time in their lives and then just treat panic attack my message is um depressions all that stuff as you're treating a fever it doesn't last forever 
And then I wish somebody had told me that. And, you know, I always tell people, it's just temporary. That's not who you are. It's going to go over just like fever. So, you know, we can keep the conversation open and keep changing our stigma and, you know, be able to move forward. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was a fantastic day, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you again.